just a great sports weekend for Negative Nice. Um, it's actually still ongoing as of this recording, um, but Friday night the Hornets lost. It's supposed to be this game of the week. Some some of the pundits were dubbing it game of the week. They lost forty two to seven. Um, of course, Saturday night we all know what happened to the Volunteers. Just an embarrassing effort in the swamp. Uh, the Cubs have lost four in a row, including Friday night and Saturday night. And on Saturday night, they lost in 14 innings uh, to the Diamondbacks. They're playing right now, and they're down 3-2 to two in the uh, sixth inning as of this recording. So the only saving grace, Harbin, was the, uh, the Titans won this afternoon over the San Diego Chargers. Saw a little overtime victory. Um, get a little bounce back they needed to after – a little abysmal performance against the Saints. So, congrats to you, Titans fans out there. And your your Cowboys won. Cowboys are looking good. Um, that defense is looking for real. Um, and that's what we kind of need. You know, we, we've got a solid run game, great defense, and it's what you need to put around a guy like Dak. That way you don't have to do a whole lot for us to win. We're uh, joined this week by special guest uh, Griff, and he had a pretty lousy sports weekend too. Um, I know your Braves are in the playoffs, but they've been hammered by the Marlins the last two days. What the heck? Yeah, I don't I don't really know how to take that, but they threw a couple guys out of the bullpen today after they got way down. I'm not too sure they're not trying to rest them. Yeah, they, they probably are. Starters, but they're pitchers. I'm not too sure they're trying to rest some of those arms. But all in all, it was still a business. Yeah, they're you know when teams clinch divisions like that, they usually start trying to set things up for October. So I'm sure they're doing a little bit of that. But yeah, I'm actually a little surprised they haven't sat Olsen some or any of that. I mean, everybody else is still playing. I couldn't only reason he's playing is because he's got that little bang issue. But he'll be back. Um. So, obviously, we all know what we're going to talk about on this week's show. The Vols went down to Gainesville this weekend with just an abysmal showing, especially in the late first quarter and pretty much the entire second quarter. But first, let's get uh, Harb's take. Harb, you went down to Gainesville um, on Saturday. You drove down Saturday and then drove back last night. You're running on fumes, but you're here. So tell tell us about what was Gainesville like your first time down there. You went in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. So tell us about. Um, I don't care about your drive down, but what what are your thoughts? What do you think about uh, the swamp, Gainesville, University of Florida? Just tell us what your day was like. Uh, so we didn't really we got we got around the stadium around uh four thirty, um, so like surrounding area. Uh, so we didn't really, we didn't really do a whole lot of exploring. Didn't really hit the, their strip, you know? Um, but, um, it wasn't as bad as what I've heard just to be a hundred percent honest with you. Um, which like I said, we only explored a very small area of it, but, um, it wasn't bad. Uh, weather was good. Um, ran into minimal douchebags pregame. That was good. Uh, there was only one that really stuck out. Uh, 
my buddy Richard and I, we were uh, walking towards the stadium. There's a guy with a permed mullet rocking a Spurrier jersey. So I kind of saw it coming. Um, he's just a douchebag. Um, he's like, he's like, man, y'all look like shit this year. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. And he's like, nah, y'all ass. And I was like, what did, what did he think they looked like against Utah? Yeah. I, I was just like, all right, man, you know, whatever, you know, kept it moving. Um, got in the stadium, uh, had great seats set in the Tennessee section. Uh, was in the corner over there by the band. Um, Ben Griffin Stadium's uh, it's interesting. I uh, didn't really know what to expect. Obviously, I'd seen a lot of footage and pictures and whatnot, but um, it's got a it's got an interesting layout. Thought it was that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, it obviously got a little loud at times, which we'll get into. But outside of the game itself, um, I think the trip down was was a pretty good one. It was. It was nice to check this one off the list. I just wish it could have ended up a little bit better than what it did. Well, I'm glad you got – I told you before we started recording, and I'm glad you got to check one off the list. I went there in 05, and then Griff and I and some others went in, in 07. Um, I did see several people tweet. I'm glad that you brought this up. I saw several people tweet during the day that several Florida people came up to him and was like welcoming, welcoming them to Gainesville and like, Hey, how are y'all doing? That was not how it was when we were down there in 07. Uh, Griff, Griff can attend. There was an incident with uh, Griff and his wife, Chassie that happened. And of course that could happen anywhere, but uh, I mean, the overall experience when we were there, it was rough. And even in 05, when I went, it was rough. And I saw your, I mean, you've told us your account and I saw several on Twitter talking about it. And I was like, what has happened? Like, well, that's not the way I remember it. I almost feel like, I almost feel like when we went, they were really good and we were so-so and they just knew that they were going to dog walk us. I don't think that was a feeling yesterday, even though they probably had a little bit of confidence watching this player first two games, but they didn't really have room to talk because they're not the ranked team. But, man, when we went down there and they were, you know, that was that was their light years. I mean, they were above. They were great. Yeah, that was they, the, T, that was the they, Tebow years. Yeah, they talked. <clears throat> Harvin, when you went in, when you entered the stadium, you walked down the main entrance in between all the tailgating people right there, like basically the main walkway to the front gate. Yeah. Yeah, so I did. You uh, walked through there and it was, it was brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. Well, it was funny. I mean, like. Like every once in a while, like a like a drunk college kid would holler in a holler in obscenity, you know, and that's that's gonna happen literally everywhere, you know, whatever. Um, but I, uh, me and a me and another guy, we had a we had probably a fifteen minute conversation with a Florida fan that legitimately was one of the nicest people I've ever met. You know, we had like a conversation like you and I would have before the game he's like how y'all feeling i was like honestly i'm feeling pretty good which obviously hindsight um uh, <laughs> that feeling must have been gas but um it was fine uh and i and it was funny because uh a buddy of mine's dating a florida cheerleader so he was tailgating heavily inside the blue um and i was supposed to meet up with them so i w- went directly through that area that you were talking about in front of gate seven i believe it is 
Um, it, it wasn't bad at all. Uh, it was it was odd before, and it changed a little bit after the game when we were leaving the stadium, but that's natural. Um, <clears throat> you were in Georgia last year for that Tennessee Georgia game. What what was the atmosphere like compared to uh, to that game? Uh, Georgia was twenty times as hostile as Gainesville was this year, which that Georgia game had a lot more hype to it. Um, it was one versus one, the AP one, the college football playoff one. Uh, there was obviously a ton at stake. Um, but Georgia fans are just weird, man. Um, if, if you're a grown man, you bark at somebody. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say. But, yeah, Georgia was ten times as hostile. Um, Florida really wasn't that bad. <clears throat> Dealt with some dealt with some trash talk by I me, and if you don't hear that at a game, then did you really even go? That's yeah. anywhere. Yeah. I'm sure they do that at Carson Newman. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, <laughs> uh, anytime Tusculum comes to town, it's it's a hostile environment <laughs> at Mossy Creek. I can so. I tell you that. Well, I'm glad you had a good experience, except for the outcome. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, you're running on fumes. No sleep. I have, I, that is correct. I have not slept since Friday night. We're recording Sunday night. Um, <laughs> I got – so we we left Gainesville directly after the game, and we pulled in my driveway in Strawberry Plains at 8.45 a.m. on the money. And I walked in the house, jumped in the shower, threw my work clothes on, and I was at work by 10 a.m., and – I got home from work about 6.30, and I feel like a nap would just not do me justice, so I'm just going to take a, a long snooze this evening after we get done recording. It'd probably make it worse if you took a nap, to be honest. Yeah, I thought about it, and I just got up and started moving around. I, was like, I took a nap this afternoon, and I felt terrible when I woke up. I was just dragging around. It was awful. I should have just stayed awake. Uh, um. So let's talk about the disaster that was last night. Tennessee goes down to Florida, um, loses what? What was the final score? I don't even remember. 29-16. Yeah. Um, just absolutely pathetic. And I tweeted some thoughts. You know, I Harbin took over the Twitter yesterday, had some good content. And um, so I, I got back on there last night and started tweeting some stuff. But I just really thought coming into this game that Tennessee this was such a big opportunity not just from a win-loss standpoint but just to show everybody in the conference everybody in the nation that this program now is at a different spot than it was under under Dooley under Butch Jones under Jeremy Pruitt where well not really Pruitt because he never had like a turnaround but we're in year three of Heupel this is a game on the road, kind of a statement top game against the team. Your your program is in a better spot. Your team is better on paper than they are. Go down there and win this game and and show everybody, like, hey, Tennessee. And I think I said this last week, Harb. You know, this is a game Tennessee wins, and they show everybody, like, hey, Tennessee is they're going to be sticking around for a while. But we did the complete opposite last night. We came out. The start of the game was probably about as good as you could ask for. Um, Florida drove down the field. We held them, finally stopped them on a third down. 
Um, I don't know if we blocked that kick or not, but they missed the field goal. We didn't. It was just a shank. Just a shank. It looked like uh, looked like my four iron earlier in the day at Patriot Hills, and um, then we go down the field and score in what four plays? I think it was four or five plays we score. Yeah. Joe Milton was this pinpoint accurate, but then the wheels fell off right after that. Florida got the ball, drove straight down the field. Uh, Tennessee got the ball. Tennessee just it's like they just completely imploded after that. They they couldn't snap the ball correctly. A lot of false start, a lot of pre-snap penalties uh, on defense. They were misaligned. They weren't – at different points, they weren't following people out of the backfield. They weren't even guarding guys. Um, couldn't tackle. Lots of missed tackles. Um, offensive line, a lot of penalties, a lot of miscommunication. And then you go to the quarterback. I don't know what Joe Milton was doing at several different points in the game, but he completely like fell apart in that second quarter. Um, I think when I about lost my crap was when there was about five seconds on the game clock, and he walks up to the line of scrimmage with his hand out. You know that thing they do when they're when they're like holding up and they're looking to the sideline to get another play. He looks to the sideline with two there seconds on the play clock. Yeah, he has no like idea. One. One or two or seconds on the play clock. He has no idea that the play clock's running out. And I'm pretty sure Josh Hopple had no idea that the play clock was running out because he was just standing there. Nobody on Tennessee's roster or sideline had any clue that the play clock was running out. And that was kind of the epitome of that first and second quarter. I don't know what happened. I, I don't understand. Josh Hopple looked really – Harbin, you were there, so you – Unless you go back and watch it, you probably can't see it, but Griff saw it. Josh Hoppel looked weird last night. I don't know what it was, but they would like zoom in on him and he just didn't look himself. I don't know what happened. It the whole thing was really weird to me. And I think the thing that's bothering me about the program and the coaching staff at this point, and I'm not saying they need to be fired or anything like that. But there's a disturbing trend happening with this t- program and this team. This is – I don't count Vandy. That's not a road game. This is three straight road games that we've gone on the road and literally we've shit ourselves. I mean, that's there's no other way to say it. Georgia last year, tons of false start penalties, a lot of mental errors, a lot of breakdowns. South Carolina last year, we all know what happened there. Same thing. Florida this year, same thing again. So I'll let you all go and kind of give your all's takes, but I'm really concerned about this football program right now because this is three straight road games that they've played like this. I know it's a different season from last year. The team's different. I don't know what happened last night. I don't know what they were doing all week long, but it's like they forgot how to play football in the second quarter. They, they, they couldn't snap the football. They literally could not snap the football to Joe Milton. And I don't know, Griff's probably going to talk about it. I don't know if that – is that the quarterback? Is that inexperience on the offensive line? Is that freezing in a big moment? I just cannot believe that these guys – some of these guys have played in a lot of football games. can't believe that they played like that last night. It just – I can take losing. Like, if Florida just went out there and beat us and – we went up and down and played our game, and we just lost. You know, it is what it is. But I feel like we just we, – we crapped the bed last night, and we forgot how to play football. And that's what's upsetting 
and really frustrating to me is how it, they just looked like they forgot the game. So I don't know. What do y'all think? Am I wrong on that? Or, or like, what's, what's the deal here? Go ahead, Harp. Griff, I'm gonna let you go. Cause I might get a little redneck and long winded. <laughs> so right. you go right ahead. Uh, yeah. I mean, I might say a few things that you know, y'all or you or niece or somebody's going to disagree with, but yeah, niece summed it up pretty well with it just looked like we had no clue what was going on most of that game. And it and it starts with the head coach. Like you were there, so like you said you probably didn't see it. Hypo looked like he did. I don't know. That's a, that right there was the worst, most undisciplined game that I've seen him coach ever. And the penalties, the bad snaps, the play calling was awful. Um I don't think we ran any other run play but a draw the entire game. Uh, not the play con had me thinking the more the game went on that there's and I like I like Milton as a person, as a dude, as a leader off the field. On the field, this game made me realize that there's a reason why he's been a backup all the time. Uh, he doesn't have it up here. And it's very clear with the play calling that they they think the same thing because he cannot go a play without looking to the sideline to see what he needs to do. Um, there was many times in that game where I thought going back to Henry Hooker, and I know Henry Hooker was that that was a we got lucky with that one, but um, many times in that game where I thought. Milton could have called his own play right there on a fourth and one, on a fourth and short, um, him trying to keep it and run it, changing the play, whatever. He, after that first drive, when we got down, I don't know what happened to him. I mean, I feel like, because you go back to Clemson game, they're like, well, look at how I did the Clemson game. Well, we led that game. I mean, from the start, it was total domination. Uh, this game right here, he had a good stop. Then we had a good drive, and then they drove right down the field and scored, and then we went three and out, and then they did it again. And it was like, when we get behind, I don't know, when Milton gets behind, he starts to press. And there's a few, I mean, there's a few calls in that game that I'm thinking, what in the world are we doing? And then when it kept happening, I just I was texting Easton last night. I said, they have no trust in him. They have no trust in him to throw the ball. There's none whatsoever. And the one thing that really bugs me with Bill the most, the more that he keeps playing, the more you see it, is that he is terrified to run a football and to get hit. I mean, there was that one play on fourth and one that we – the ref kicked the ball. I think we had two fourth, short fourth down plays. The one where he kicked the ball, whatever, let him sub, whatever. There's two or three times in that game where Milton needs to get under center and say, snap me the ball, let me get this first down. You're 270 pounds of muscle. And he don't do it. And then we run a play that we've ran 97 times the entire game, a draw play that takes way too dang long with an offensive line that's getting beat. And we get hit for about a three-yard loss. I mean, there's no toughness to him. And, I mean, I think he's a tough dude, but, man, he's he's – it, it was deer in headlights with him last night. Deer in headlights with him last night. And I said the same thing for Heifel. I don't know 
And I've never seen that with him before, but he looked like he had Aaron headlights. And I don't know if it's because he doesn't have that quarterback back there that doesn't have it, and you can lean on that. Uh, and then the combination of them two just is not – it's not working. But he was – he was deer in headlights. And the play calling last night proved it, that they just don't – they don't trust him to do certain things that you would think he should be able to do. And I just – and I'm not putting the whole game on him, but he is the quarterback. And I didn't want to say those things because it, that was worse last night. And I think going into next weekend, you've got to give Nico some playing time. Because you have to see what he's got. They changed that red shirt rule now to, I think, four games or something. He can play. You can let him play and not burn his red shirt. I mean, look at these other schools that are doing it. You've got to try it. After that game right there, you have to try it to see what you have. And But to go back to the regular team, the whole team, the tackling was atrocious. I don't know how many times I've seen this. look like we tried to dolphin spear somebody at the side to make them fall. Kamal Haddon. I don't see how that guy sees the field. I've said that for the last two years with him, and, and the only thing I keep hearing from people inside is that they think he is the best quarterback they got. And if he's the best quarterback you got, we have a problem. Because he can't cover, and he can't tackle. And he obviously he can't even run down a running back. So that's the, the tackling was atrocious. I don't know what Tim Banks has to do to fix that. Because usually we – I mean, I thought we'd do pretty good at hitting people. We have been in the future. That game right there was just – and like, back to what he said, that game was just weird. Like, it's like we didn't even want to be there. And we didn't care. You can't get up to play Florida hard, hit somebody. Because i tell you one other thing right now, that Graham Mertz, that dude is about as lackadaisical cool as can be. But his, his butt got up for that game. He was pumped up the entire game. It didn't matter when they were down, nothing. That dude put his butt off. Yeah, play, he ran circles around Milton. And they, you would not think that would be the case. But undisciplined, terrible tackling, and quarter play, quarterback play and play calling, that, that was what – that was the – those are the three things that I just – I was mind-blown, mind-blown. All right. Um, I'm going to start by saying that was either the worst – uh, well, I, I'll be fair and say that was the second worst Tennessee game I've seen in the Josh Heupel era. Um, and unfortunately, I've been in attendance for number one and number two in my book. Uh, obviously, the first one was South Carolina last year. Um, what shocked me was, and we talked about this last week, um, I thought we'd be able to run the ball on them and we'd be able to stop their run after seeing what we had done against inferior competition, obviously, but also seeing what they had done against Utah. Um, so the, the biggest takeaway for me is, was the reality check of our offensive and defensive line absolutely getting their ass kicked. Uh, and that's the only way you can put it. Um, Tennessee rushed for 100 yards on 30 carries. I mean, and I, I want to say like 80 of those came in the second half or maybe more. Um, and then you look at Florida's rushing stats, 43 carries, 183 yards, and Trevor Etienne, 23 for 172. Um, 
with an astronomical amount of missed tackles on him. Yeah, I mean, we made oh. we made we made that kid look like Barry Sanders. Like, oh. um, he played good. Give him credit. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I mean, I love, I mean, let's get that Rainbow. out. Um, but Nice, like you said, the first eight minutes, seven minutes of the game could not have went any better for us. Um, defense did let Mert, which Mertz threw some great balls on that first drive on third down. Um, I think it was first drive, one of the best catches I've seen in the college game, maybe a second drive, that little toe tap, uh, San, San Antonio home style. Um, but anyway, uh, we finally get a stop and they missed field goal. And then, like you said, the offense looked great. Like it looked just like it did last year. Milton threw two beautiful deep balls. I believe the first one was the Thornton to get us in range. And then the touchdown, I believe, was the Keaton. Yes. Um, uh, the first one was to score a lot. Squirrel. Thank you. Um, but our little, like, Tennessee's corner of the, of the stadium was going nuts. Um, and the air kind of got sucked out of Ben Hill Griffin there for a little while. Um, but the real turning point, which I don't know if this play gets made, if anything's different, but momentum-wise it 100% is, was when ETN cut up the middle and Kamal Haddon just tried to lower his shoulder. I don't know what the hell he's doing. Maybe he's trying to make a highlight reel, a little hit stick action. But you're 165 pounds soaking wet. Do you really think you're going to knock an SEC running back off his feet? Like, what are we doing? He dolphin speared at his shoulder. That was what that number looked like. He didn't even get his balance off. Like, so obviously he breaks that one to the house. Place goes nuts. But then they miss the extra point, or we block it, I believe. Um, Blocked it. A little bit of momentum. We go three and out. They go down the field. And or they don't go down the field next possession, but obviously second quarter rolls around. And I mean, it was, it, it literally felt like, like, like I accidentally looked at uh, one of my buddy that I was sitting with and I said, prove it instead of hopple on complete accident. <laughs> and that's exactly what this game felt like. Like I, like I was embarrassed that I said it, but I was also like, damn, like I've kind of got good reason to say it. Um, Apple coach scared Saturday night. And that is the most troubling thing, in my opinion. Um, you go down to Florida, and I I still believe it. We're a better team. I really do believe that. I think we got more talent. I thought we had better coaching. Um, Level-headed, I think we have the better coach. But we went down to Florida – with a very good chance of finally ending this streak. And we let damn Sun Sunbelt Billy out coach, and not just by a little bit. He absolutely dog walks Josh Apple last night. And never in a million years would I have thought that. I and Tim Banks also, I mean, the, the defense was atrocious. Um for whatever reason, that little uh, a little wide receiver motion right before they ran the ball, we had no answer for it. 
Like it, like it was like we'd never seen it before. Um, but yeah, uh, as a whole in the first half, like I, the thing that pissed me off the most was it just looked like the effort level was minimal. And like you said, niece, I can handle getting beat. You know, I've obviously like over the last 15 years, we've seen it a lot. Like we've gotten, we've had some bad years. I can handle losses and be just fine. But when it feels like the effort level amongst the staff and the players is just not that high, especially in a rivalry game of this magnitude and what it means to this university and football program, it just it pisses me off. Just to be honest with you, I mean it's concerning, but the but just up front, flat foremost, it pisses me off, and. The fact that you have to get down, what was it, 17 at halftime? Is that where we were down? We were down 26 to 10 at halftime. Or no, 26 to 7 at halftime. Down 19. And it felt like the effort level went up a little bit. But, hell, if you got to be down 19 in a rivalry game to start to start acting like you want it, like, what, like you don't deserve to be there. Um. And here's another thing. This fan base is so damn stupid sometimes. Every fan base, hard. It it is everyone. But obviously, this is the one that I deal with the most because I'm a part of it. And hell, I'm stupid sometimes. I mean, not not everybody's going to be intelligent 100% of the time. But if if you watch that game... And the number one thing that you're talking about is how Joe Melton sucks. You just don't know what the hell you're talking about. I mean, the offensive line got their ass whooped. We had no run game. The damn the front seven looked lost. The the secondary played atrocious. And the first thing you want to talk about is a guy that went 20 of 34 for 287 and two touchdowns. That That's what you want to talk about is why we lost. I mean, if you, if you want to, if you want to attack the play calling for all the bubbles and the draws and swing passes on third and a million after the false starts and holdings, that's fine. But I mean, don't attack the guy that had pretty much the lone bright spot on the team. Like, it, it makes no sense to me. Um, I'm going to ride with Joe Milton because he's rode with us. He he was named the starter uh, day one in 2021 when Hopel came around, and he got benched because he's playing bad. He could have easily pouted and transferred somewhere where he knew he was going to play, but he stuck around with us. And he waited his turn, and he worked his ass off, and he got the starting job back. And then you get on Facebook, which I know Facebook is – I'm not even going to get into that. The guys are saying bench him and start looking towards the future. I mean, hellfire, <laughs> it's week three. So, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, no, I'm, I, 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 I don't disagree with what Griff said. I don't disagree with what you said. I have seen – so many, and Griff has too. Harbin, you're a little younger than us, so you've not seen as much as we have. But 
I saw Peyton Manning go down there twice and crap the bed. The whole team looked like they hadn't played football before. Turnovers, even in England, they did it. So I'm not ready to pull the plug on um, Joe Milton yet. But I think if this trend continues, say they come home next week and they struggle offensively against San Antonio, I'm still not ready at that point, but it's getting close because at some point, Joe Milton, it's like Burkhart said last night, like this dude is what he is. He's a great athlete. He's got a rocket arm, but there's something between between the ears that's not allowing him to to do what he needs to do at a high at at this level. And it's it's not that it's something that's just happened. It's happened at Michigan. It's happened here. That being said, he you look at his numbers; they're not bad. You got to look at the context of his numbers. He's thrown a lot of bubble screens, a lot of short stuff, but he did throw some great passes last night. The bombs down the field were dimes. He threw at least five or six dimes that were bombs. But it comes, but it comes back to like Griff said. This coach, and we said it last night. Griff was at another house, but we said it at the house we were at. This coaching staff don't trust him. It is so obvious they do not want him throwing the football over the middle of the football field. They just don't because the play calling does not reflect this play calling right now is thousand percent different than it was last year. They're not doing anything similar. Last year. Tell me what would have happened last year if we would have got the ball with two minutes left before halftime with a chance to drive down there and get some points. We're trying to score. We would have been trying to score. They did not not saying they weren't last night, but it didn't look like it. No, they were not. They were running time, running time, calling time in. Running draw play, running time, calling time out, take it to the hat. And I know he got the, he did have his stats do look good and he did throw well. And everybody said, Well, look what he did, look what they did. I don't know why. Uh they need to open up the playbook for him. Look what he did that last drive. He did that on the last drive against Florida defense was playing pre- he's playing back press covers. They're not they're not even on. They're playing three minutes. They're letting him dink and dunk those passes. He probably had 100, 100 to 125 yards of gimme throws. It's just the game play calling when we're needing to drive, needing to get points like we did last year was nowhere near the same. And the running, I do agree with you on the running was atrocious. But when you run 95% of draw plays every time, we don't have – last year we ran – we ran uh, sweeps. We ran end rounds. We ran jet. We ran jet sweeps. We had people going in motion. That was none of that was seen yesterday. It was literally a draw play ninety five percent of the time. And if you're going to run that all the time, of course they're going to stop you, especially when you have a third string center in there who can't snap the damn ball. It's just the play calling. I mean, and I'm not, and I'm like you, I'm, or I'm agreeing with you on this. I'm not putting it all on Bill, but he is a quarterback, and he's going to take blame because. He, you can just tell he he's not comfortable running an offense. But I will put that on Heupel because the play calling showed that, and the play calling is the reason why we didn't move the ball like we usually did. Well, here's the thing: you, you like like we could talk about this coaching staff not trusting Milton with the ball. But if we're trotting him out there to be the starter, what's that say about their trust level in Nico right now? And all I hear is Nico this, Nico that. That means they don't trust him either. 
That means whatever they're seeing is not great in practice. And here, and everybody wants to talk about last year. I miss Hooker. I miss Hyatt. I miss Tillman. You all know who I miss? I miss Darnell Wright, Jerome Carvin, and Alex Gullish. That's yeah. who I miss. Yeah, we need that was the biggest difference last night. We don't have dogs on the ends. We don't have a dog in the middle, evidently. No, you're right, Harbin. And one thing that I was thinking about this afternoon, and I hadn't had any chance to do um, any research on it, but um, I think something that bothered me last night, you're talking about dogs, um, not necessarily mentioning, you know, that anybody was a dog or not, but the offensive line bothered me. That was something we talked about on before the season started on here was my big concern with this team was offensive line and quarterback. And so far, quarterback's been okay. I don't, you know, against Virginia, Milton looked pretty good. Last week he was iffy at different points. And then against Florida, we have already talked about that. Offensive line hasn't really been brought up at all until last night. And Cooper Mays didn't play for whatever reason. Uh, we were told all week that he was, quote, expected to play. Um, he was in pads, went through warm-ups, for some reason didn't play. Don't know why, haven't heard anything. And this coaching staff's really bad about – they're kind of like Belichick and Saban. They won't – and I guess a lot of coaches are like that. They just don't talk about injuries. Apparently, Danico Slaughter was hurt all week. Nothing was ever said about it. He didn't play last night. Um but the offensive line, they got pushed around last night. Um, the defensive line did too. Let's not coat that over. Florida won in the trenches, like you said, Harbin. But my concern is we don't seem to have somebody that can back up Cooper Mays at center. And it concerns me not necessarily from a recruiting standpoint on Heupel because he's had to do a lot of work to fill in this roster – that idiot Vols picks always says that Hopple was left with all this talent. And he was left with some talent, you know, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman. Those were Pruitt guys. Don't get me wrong, but there was a lot of kids left this program after that 2020 fiasco. And this was the year that if it showed up, it was going to show up because there's gaps in recruiting with scholarships and there's there's a gap here where guys are leaving and you're gonna have to start playing some younger guys that don't have a lot of experience and there's not many guys that are juniors or seniors that were in the program that you can turn to and I think that kind of is showing up right now with our offensive line and again it's one game so I don't want to freak out over it. I have more concerns as, with the program as a whole after going on the road last night. But I am concerned the center position last night on the offensive line really struggled between Ollie Lane and Dane Davis. And yeah, How do you not have somebody that can come in there and play center? You cannot. If Cooper Mays is literally your only legitimate somewhat or person that can go out there and actually be halfway decent, and that's that is that's a big issue. That's well, I issue. I had read earlier in the in fall camp when he originally got hurt, he was supposed to be out two to four weeks, which apparently he had hernia surgery, so that can be a little tricky. But he was supposed to be out two to four weeks. But they had talked about Gerald Mincy, 
was moving from left tackle to right tackle, and he hadn't really played a whole lot. Um, That's another one that hurt yesterday. But we, yeah, I mean, I but they didn't have they didn't play him at all yesterday, and now we know why because he why. got caught with some weed or something on Cumberland Avenue in downtown near downtown Knoxville. Um, but I don't know. The offensive line is something to watch over the next few weeks because I don't know when Cooper. I don't know if they'll bring. I don't know why you would bring Cooper Mays back next week against a non-conference opponent that you should beat without him. Uh, um, he's ready. If he's ready to go, he is. He's got to play. I mean, I don't, dis- I don't disagree. I just don't think they will. Well, if they don't, then that's that's a bad move. If he's ready to go, he needs to go. That, that's you've got the to thing. Work that, on things in a game like that before you get to South Carolina, who just who just gave Georgia a run for their money. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I just I, that was the offensive line, and I think too the defensive line last night didn't play well at all. At different points they had some moments, but um, the way they had looked the first two games, and I know it was against two bad teams, Virginia and Austin P. But they were constantly in the backfield in those games, putting pressure on the quarterback. They did none of that last night, and I think a lot of it may have been scheme too. But Florida only rushed four guys multiple times last night. And our offensive line couldn't block them. Um, now, our defensive line, and we'll talk about the officials later, but I don't know how many times Tyler Barron got held last night and they didn't oh, call it. So, there's there's other factors that go into it besides not playing well. But I just thought – still intact. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought up front we got pushed around, and it was just a microcosm of the entire team last night. They were deer in the headlights. And a lot of confusion up front, and it's I've got some concerns about our offensive line right now because of depth and performance after last night. Because I'm not I'm not saying that they won't bounce back because I'm kind of glad they're playing a team like San Antonio. San Antonio's a supposedly was supposed to be a pretty good football team, but they've struggled out of the gate. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how we bounce back, and I think we can. But, um, last night was concerning at those positions for me, Harbin. Well, the, I mean, I don't even know if I've hit the surface level on concern as far as decision making from the top down to the bottom goes. Um, the obvious one, in my opinion. Did Dylan Sampson die? I was about to bring that up. I was just reading that. Is he still on the roster? Dude, there has to be. Is he hanging? Is he he hanging out with uh, JJ Peterson and Gavin? I mean, he must must have been on the books to have an over under of four and a half touchdowns. Hopper must have took the under, so he ain't playing no more because that is, he ain't seen the field since Virginia. Listen, man, like, and I don't get I know, it. I know it was I know it was one game. Now, I'm not a running back guru by no means. Um you can time my forty time on a on a sundial. But he's clearly better than Jabari Small, is he not? I understand Jabari Small has the experience and he's played a lot of games. So you so you trust him with the football. But that run and attack in the Virginia game with those three was so good. And Samson Samson's got game. Like I don't, I don't know if he he's had been, game last year and he didn't play a lot. 
I don't know if he's pissed somebody off, if he's got a bad attitude, which I'm not making assumptions about the kid. I don't know what it is. Like, like, how does he not play? And here's another thing. I don't like, I don't like attack. I don't like attacking these boys personally, but Kamal Haddon <laughs> playing the whole game. Why? He, he, he makes this, I mean, he, he's a, he's a laughing stock to the media, to the country, to hell to us. Uh, I mean, he he sing. I mean, he, I think, him, I think the, Harbin. It goes back to what I was just saying. They they've recruited pretty heavily at defensive back the last. Okay. Yes, and I was going into that point. If you're going to recruit that many, why are you not going to at least play a few of them that are actually going to go out there and give us some effort and try? I'm totally fine if we send a true freshman out there. And he makes a mistake or two, but he's out there trying his ass off. He's actually playing. He's actually hitting. He's actually form tackling. Like, he's actually out there showing some effort. Kamal Haddon looks lost out there. And it's almost like he's trying to make the highlight reel when somebody gets close to him. Like, just wrap somebody up, dog. He showed like more He showed more heart trying to fight that offensive lineman after the game than he did trying to tackle ETN last night. Yeah, but it goes back to it goes back to what they hear. You know, if you listen to Swain and all those guys on you know on the talk show, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. They say shock I've heard it more than one. They say he's the best corner they got. Well then that's, that's bad. That that's is bad. And he and and another thing, is Peely that good? Oh that was another they, one. They they, they are gonna they they I knew they would miss him. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it was a blow for sure, but we're playing two true like, freshmen. Like well. Intangibly wise, is he that much of a leader out there? Which there, there were him, and it's going to be great when we get him back. But there was I, at different points, Herring and Carter looked lost on the field. Yes, God, like Aaron Beasley yeah. played. Aaron Beasley played decent. Yeah, he was okay. He didn't. Um, he was okay at best. Yeah, okay. Um, as far as linebacker play, that's about it. Um, looking at the stats and being there, the only one that you could kind of say had a good game was uh, Bryson Eason. Four tackles, uh, one and a half tackles for loss. Um, he had a sack. Um, I don't know. It, it was. I, I, I'm going to go back to our. I don't. I don't I'm get it. Go back to the defensive line part because this is going to be. I'm going to put some of their troubles on that linebacking core because there were many times <clears throat> last night that I thought the D line had decent pressure, close certain gaps that Harry and Carter. I mean, missed the holes that they were supposed to go. In, and that's where the running back would hit. There was two or three times that Carter went in one time and then kicked back towards the closed gap, and that running back just hit the hole. I mean, it was they were lost at trying to fill those gaps on their on their run schemes. I mean, it was it, yeah, those, those two guys were lost yesterday. It was brutal. That, and the, and that is probably my biggest concern going forward because I just don't think Florida's that good up front. 
on either side. That that's that's the bad part. And I don't want to be a negaval or super pessimistic, but I mean, I feel like the biggest dummy this side of the Mississippi because for the last two weeks I've been ranting and raving about how good our front seven looked. I mean, hell, I was talking about how big and fast and strong. Oh, hey, I was too. Because they were. Yeah, and, then, they were. And, and then we went out there, and we look like damn Union County trying to line up with Maryville. I mean, it's in in Florida, like they're not they're not that good in the grand scheme of things when it comes to looking ahead at our schedule. I know. Like, I mean, you look, so ahead, you look ahead like South Carolina's offensive line don't look good. Granted, I didn't get to watch a single play of that game against Georgia. I'm assuming they looked pretty good in the first half. They looked uh, yeah. really they looked really good on their first drive of the game. And then they scored Griff, correct me if I'm wrong. They scored right before halftime, right? And then that was it. They didn't score the rest. They didn't do anything the rest of the yeah, game. Yeah, Georgia missed a field goal before halftime. Yes. Think, but yeah, yeah, they I mean Spencer Rattler was sixteen of eighteen in the first half. I think is what he was. Yeah. I mean, they they were he had they they played well. The second half though, they I don't know they fell apart. They didn't score again. And they didn't move the ball. Spencer, they hardly moved the football. I watched more of the second half than I did the first half. And Spencer Rattler was running for his life in the second half. <laughs> and this and this goes back to what I what I was kind of ranting about earlier. Um, I think we have one dog on the roster. Uh, you could maybe say Peely, but I haven't seen enough. Um, obviously, it felt like we missed him dearly, but I think Brew McCoy was the only dog we got. Truthfully, um, yeah. I kind of liked what he said after the game, which I mean, it's all talk until we see some results. But um, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have the quote in front of me. But he said, uh, he said he was like. He's like, a loss like this has got to fire you up. He said, if it's don't light a fire under you, pretty much your wood ain't – or your wood's wet. Um, like, he's like, he's like, if we don't – he's like, if we don't come back and use this as fuel, then we're toast, pretty much. And he said, he said, I know it's going to light a fire under me, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be better, and I'm counting on the rest of the guys to do it. And you got – you got to have guys like that. I mean, we've got to have guys getting guys' faces and be like, you need to step your shit up or you don't need to be here. Yeah, and back to you saying he's our, probably our only dog, I would agree with that because he is. I mean, there's not very many times where he doesn't give it all he's got. But, I mean, even in Florida, there was a few there was a few blocks that he should have did that he just kind of was just lazy in the block. But that was only a couple times. He's a receiver, I get it, but he will – Lower the shoulder to try to knock somebody out. He, I mean, he will bully everybody that tries to tackle him. So I agree with that. Uh, one thing I do want to uh, ask too, going back to like the culture and what's kind of because that game was so weird. But you know the the players only meeting that was a terrible effort coming out of a players only meeting game. The first game after a players only meeting, ah, that was. I didn't like that. And then after the game, I saw a clip of Beasley. Some reporter asked him, "Do you uh, are you are you a little bit surprised at the, how undisciplined you guys were in that game?" And his answer was, "No, that doesn't." Yeah, that 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 struck me as in no. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I could yeah. be taking that 
far, but that didn't seem like the right answer for that question to me. But I don't know. It was just weird. Yeah, it was all weird. I yeah, mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Sorry, Harb. I'll let you go and say. I don't know what the. I saw that too, Griff. I don't know what the context, like what was asked before that, what was asked after that. So it was kind of hard to say, but that was kind of weird that he he what said he wasn't surprised that they were playing. He was chewing gum, and he was yeah. chewing gum during the, asking answering the questions. It, it was just I, I don't know. It was a bad. I, I'll say this too, and then I'll let you go, Harb. Um, losing brings out a lot of the warts in your program you might say and that's what's happening last night and today and i think as the week goes on we'll we'll somewhat get away from that but i'm this game coming up saturday is very important to me because i think it will show a lot about this program if they come out and play well i know it's san antonio they're not the worst they're they're better than virginia they're better than austin p i think at least they're supposed to be. They're one they're and two. They're one and two right now, and they've lost to Houston and Army. Um, well, that Army lost their their starting quarterback didn't play, and he may not play. Frank Harris may not play this Saturday. We don't know yet. I was just trying to read about it um, a few minutes ago, and I, I mean, it doesn't say anything about this weekend. Um, it just says he was out and he's been dealing with a knee injury. I didn't realize this. He supposedly almost retired in the off season. Um, because he's had some knee and leg problems. But anyway, I just feel like Tennessee needs to come out and play well this Saturday and shake all this off. And I think that would go a long way. This season's not over. Let's let's just take a breath here and take a step back. Are we going to win the East now? Probably not. Um, that might, maybe. Georgia doesn't look like they're o- overly dominant. Um, I think Florida's got a few losses in their basket coming up. But are we going to win the East? It's not likely at this point. So I think right now you're you still have goals in front of you. You still have a solid season, a 10-9 win season, but you can't let they can't let the game last night carry on for the next two or three weeks. Cause after San Antonio, we got South Carolina coming to town. And Tennessee's going to have to play well against South Carolina if they're going to win. Um, South Carolina went down to Georgia, like Griff said, and gave them all they wanted. And I, I know they didn't look great in the second half. Georgia had a lot to do with that. Georgia didn't look outstanding. South Carolina had a lot to do with that. But, but South Carolina's uh, – even though their offense didn't look good in the second half, yeah. their defense, Georgia didn't score that much. They only beat them. I'm like, what did they beat them by? Like, 10. I mean, it was single business, wasn't it? They won 24-14. Okay. So, but I'm saying is, is I think we'll learn a lot about this program this weekend. If they come out and play, if they're if they're out of sorts, if they're sluggish coming out of the gate, um, there is some major concerns going on. I'm not saying for the future because this team just may not be good. We may just be in a in a gap year until next year. I don't know. I just I thought we had enough talent on this roster that it wouldn't be like that. But I think this Saturday, a lot of people probably don't think it is. I mean, we're 17-point favorites. But I think this Saturday is a big game for this program to come back and shake off the way they played Saturday and to show themselves, hey, we're better than what we're playing. And if they go out and do it, I'll feel a lot better about going into that South Carolina game. I feel very uneasy right now because of – 
the last two weeks, the way we've played. Um, it, it's I have some concerns, Harbin. I know you were wanting to say something. No, I mean I agree with you, and uh, rolling off of uh, what you just said, um, we can't let this snowball. Um, can't let this define the season. Like I said, it's week three. And, I mean, it hurts like hell. Don't get me wrong. Like, we thought we had a great chance of finally beating Florida on the road. And we essentially pissed down our leg. I mean, it hurts. (laughs) But last I checked, we play games until late November. Like, we are in the smack dab middle of September. And... Like you said, we need to come out there. I know it's UTSA. Uh, the crowd's probably not going to be as rocking as it should or as it would be if we'd have played a little bit better yesterday. Um, like you said, we're 17-point favorites, and I think just as a – just for confidence and just to get the ball rolling headed into kind of the heart of our schedule, you got to cover – like you get, you've got to win by. In my opinion, I think you need to beat them by twenty. Like three touchdowns is probably the goal, um, just to show, be like, okay, like that was a fluke, that was whatever. Like we're back at home, like, like we can do this because if we play, if we play around the level that we did last night throughout the season. We're going to look dumber in hell. And the national media saying that we were a flash in the pan one-year team last year is going to look real smart. Um, And we have the potential to prove them wrong. I mean, you look ahead. If we figure things out, um, South Carolina A&M, we have a great chance of winning both those games. Um, I don't know what's going on with Alabama. Um, but we, They don't have a quarterback. Yeah, I mean that's and that's looking like a very winnable game, but it's on the road. I mean, you can't go down there and piss down your leg. I mean, you'd think we'd have a little bit of confidence against Florida because we beat them last year. But I mean, we it. I mean, like we played we played scared and we were coach scared, and that kind of summarizes my concern. And hopefully, starting at the top. Uh, Hopple gets his aggressiveness back. Hopefully, he's like, hopefully, he wakes up at some point and he's like, Look, you may not be talking about Milton, you may not be what we had last year, but you're, but you're what we got. And by God, I'm gonna put my trust in you because that's what we got to do. Just let him do his thing. And if it don't work out, it don't work out. But you can't have the guy that you're trotting out there and just not trust him personally, especially with the play style that we play. And and especially if we don't get the running game rolling. I mean, you gotta do something. If you can't run the ball, I mean that you that's what we were that's what we were saying. That's what we were saying last night. And uh, in the second half, you kind of saw it a little a little bit in the first the first drive of the game we we played 
up-tempo like we always did. Get to the line of scrimmage, run a play. After that, for the next quarter and a half, it was constantly check to the sideline, call out a, an audible, run the play, get up to the line of scrimmage, look back to the side. There was no rhythm, no tempo, and that's what this offense is about is a lot of rhythm. and t- It's like running system in basketball. They don't – in system, Harbin, you witnessed this firsthand. They didn't run up the floor and look back to the sideline and reset. You run a play and go on. And they did not do that last night. In the second half, they they kind of got back to that, and you saw a little bit of success. I mean, I think we beat Florida in the second half. Florida got ultra conservative, but Tennessee beat them in the second half. I'm not talking about just on the scoreboard. I think we we played better than they did, and we not that we played well in the second half, but I think we played better than they did. We were just too far and too big of a hole, but um, they're – They've got to get in a rhythm. They gotta let Joe. They gotta take the reins off and just say they just got. Like you said, if he throws a pick, he throws a pick. Okay, um, he's not thrown any picks. He threw a pick last night, but I don't. I do count it because that was a stupid decision. But I'm talking about like true passes. He's yet to throw one here at the University of Tennessee. I kind of want to see him throw throw one over the middle. Who cares if you throw a pick? Yeah. I, uh, I mean, man, I do it, care, but they're not even trying stuff like that at this point. It, yeah. It, it's like you said earlier, Griff. Uh, you feel like you said you feel like Milton don't necessarily have it up here, whether it's confidence or trust in himself or just simply knowing what to do in certain situations. I think a lot of that comes with um, the coaching staff not necessarily trusting him the way that they trusted Hooker last year. You know, like, I mean, I mean, y'all played y'all played organized sports growing up. I mean, when a coach has confidence in you, that helps you. Most people, I mean, some people have that have it wired to where they want to prove coach wrong. You know, whatever. But when you get to this level, if you if your coach don't trust you, I mean, hell, he's probably thinking they don't trust himself because of that. You know, I mean, I mean, I I can see that, but there's like. Going back to like the second half in that game last night, where these, I mean, we did like our, our defense gave up a field goal, and at one point in the fourth quarter, they had like fifty total yards of offense. Florida did. I mean, did they drop back? Maybe play a little bit of conservatives? Yeah, but they were still running their stuff. Our defense played a lot better in the second half, and then, but there was that time going back to this confidence thing. There's too many times in this game where he would drop back for passes. And once again, I'm comparing him to Hooker, and that's probably not that's not fair to him. But it is kind of fair to compare this aspect of it that if you're moving around and you're seeing nothing, take off, go get some positive yards. And he never does that. Very, very rarely does he do that. He doesn't like to run, and that's where the toughness and the confidence in and yourself. That that's where it shows to me. It's like you're not tough up there to be able to, okay, nobody's here. I'm going to pull this. I'm going to run. I'm going to work my way for six yards, seven yards, and then make the next down a little bit better. He will either just throw it away, take a sack, um, or if he does run, the, the sight of somebody coming, he'll slide. I mean, there was there was two times in that game where he took off running, got about a yard, and somebody was coming up on him, and he just – and he, like, laid down on the ground. He didn't even try to, like, get any more yards. 
And that that's just frustrating to me for a guy like that. Um, but the play calling for the second half, well, we had a chance to come out there because we had a chance to cut this thing to a, a one-possession game pretty early into the second half whenever we um, had two fourth-down uh, tries that the one was a short one that I thought you should have got under center and took the and got the one yard. All you have to do is push yourself for a yard. Um, they took too much time to try to run that play, and it was a simple draw play that takes too damn long to run. And then there was another one fourth down where he he threw the pass or he rolled out and he threw it out of bounds when that's not going to get you anything. There's nowhere like if you throw it out of bounds, a hundred percent chance that you're not going to get the first down. But if you try to run it or you try to throw it to somebody, you have someone with a chance to get the first down. That's where that's what I mean. You don't have it up here. It's, I don't think because we can go back two years ago. Remember the game, the last play of the game where he took off running and he ran out of bounds on zero, and he ran out of bounds. You have no chance of doing anything to run out of bounds. He was scared to get hit. And that's where the mental toughness part and the, just the the quarterback knowledge. Like, I I don't think he's not a smart quarterback, but he's not very good at – like, this offense is a little too fast for him to get things – to keep things going and being able to check and change and look and audible. It's just – I think it's too much for him. That's just – that's where I'm at on that. I think the biggest thing rhythm-wise is anytime we kind of got something going last night, it's hard to get in a rhythm when you have a false start or a damn holding call on first or second down after you got yeah. something going. I mean, if you if you get a little chunk play and you get a first down and we try to get up there and hurry and our and our left guard jumps or we get a dumb little holding call, I mean you're you're never gonna get rhythm you're- going like that. If you're if you're going forward six yards and back ten one every four or five plays. It's just never going to happen. You're you're right, Harvin, and that brings me to my next point. I'm kind of transitioning here. Um, not me transitioning, but the show transitioning. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Whoa. Um, um, oh, where was I? Oh, sorry. Um, so the officiating last night, that is not why we lost the game, and I've seen no. – I've seen Florida fans that I know that get on there. I wish for once that Tennessee fans would just admit they lost. I'm I'm not saying that the officiating cost us that game. But there was different points, especially in the second half, where the officiating affected the flow of the game and possibly how Tennessee – Tennessee was moving the football on a drive and they had a – fake crackback block caught on them and they had a first down and it pushed them back and they never got they ended up having to punt um there were several holding calls not or several holds clear as day on tv that weren't called that stuff adds up at different points and i and i'm not tennessee had several false starts a lot of penalties self-inflicted wounds um but there was the officiating last night how many how many times were our receivers held? They were open and for either one a big play or a score, and literally their jersey was being pulled. No, no flag. Tyler Barron got held three different times. No flag. The crackback block was atrocious. I don't know. The officiating was off. And again, I said this last week. 
because we talked about officiating last week. I'm not one to complain about officials. I know these guys got a hard job, and it's tough, but they sucked last night. There's no other way to say it. They absolutely sucked, and and it seemed to only go one way. And I'm being – I'm not trying to be biased here. There was nothing on the broadcast, if you go back and watch it, that said – Florida got screwed on some on some no calls. They did not. It was did a call, not. Tennessee. They did not. And I mean, and, and back to that, like, yeah, I there's the fishing of that game. You're 100 correct. That is no. They they looked awesome. like they were deer in the headlights. Yeah, but when the head official, the especially, yeah, the announcers three or four or five times during that game <laughs> said. Why is the why is there a flag? That's not a flag. Even their on camera referee was like, "Yeah, I don't know. That is not a flag. I don't know why they do the flag." You had Baron Hill three times. You had the fake crack block block. You had Thornton getting draped over like a robe on that one deep pass that they didn't throw. You had Ramil Keaton's jersey being tugged back like a dog leash on the one in the corner of the end zone. And then you had uh, uh, golly, what was it? Uh, I don't know. There's another one, but. Um, brew or brew, brew was being held. On yes, his one, yes. I mean, and and it ain't even us, us complaining about them. It was like we're complaining about them, but the TV announcers are agreeing with us because they're seeing it. I mean, it, it was brutal. It ain't the reason we lost, but yeah, that was one of the worst. But in in in, a, I've ever in, seen. in the one in the what if universe, you know, like Marvel has the what if things. What if that crackback block's never called? Tennessee gets the first down. Do they go down and score? I mean, we don't know. Yeah. They may not. They may not. Hey, what but about it stopped the referee? It. If it the referee don't stopped kick that it. ball, if the referee don't yes. kick that ball and let them substitute two fresh guys, then we get that first down because we're trying to run hurry. I mean, you never know what could happen. The pass interference on and, I, and why and why team. why were we not ready to snap the football right after that when they put the ball we back? Were. He, we were. He was standing over. He was standing over. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm so frantic. Are you referring to the fourth down play? Yeah. Yeah, that was. We were trying that, to hurry. We were trying to hurry because they were gassed. Yeah, Florida that was, gassed. was odd. Obviously, didn't hear any of the commentary, and I have not went back and watched the game, and I heavily doubt that I will. No, but, the referee, the on-camera referee will tell you exactly that they did that wrong. They should never have let Florida substitute two guys in on that play. Right, yeah, we, we weren't subbing. And then they, and then they stepped yeah. in and left the sub. Yeah, and, and what kills should me? have replaced the football and played on. There, there the there's way. no yeah. substitutions there. And then even yeah. after all that, we still run that dumbass draw up the middle and lose two yards. Yeah, it was another one. And this what I mean, this wasn't this maybe wasn't a huge play in the game, but it burnt my ass. So bad. I hope it's the one that burnt my ass. Let's see. It, it's it. Uh, when we scored, uh, when we, uh, uh, I, I think it was after we threw it to Brew, the second touchdown, um, and we had a two point conversion. <laughs> yes. Now, like I said, no TV broadcast, no nothing, just pure in the moment live reaction. We're lined up on the left hash. Florida calls a timeout. Okay. We have three more minutes. 
to either draw up something new or drive home what we're going to do. <laughs> what do we do after the, so after the, after it was called the first time, let's go ahead and call it five minutes of real time. We start on the left hash. Joe rolls completely to the right. Nobody is even close to being open. And he just runs straight out, out of bounds. Of bounds. <laughs> oh, yes. He should have let yes. go of it. But after five minutes, that's the damn play that you draw up. Yeah. He's I mean, open, and you leave your quarterback nowhere to go except for trying to force it in somewhere. Or try to run to the pylon where he's obviously going to get pushed. It out. goes back to the theme. They don't. They did not trust him last night, and they they would not. They don't. They didn't take the the chains off of him. You have you have to trust him. They have have to. I agree. Have I to. know. I agree with it. They just don't have to. Yeah, that's a major issue. If I he's know. quarterback and you ain't pulled him yet, and you don't trust him which I heavily doubt that if he's not pulled by now or by next week, I doubt he will unless we just lose three or four in a row and we have nothing to lose and we start playing whoever, trying to figure something out and try to get something going going into next year. You have to trust the man. He's your starting quarterback, and he's been here for – this is his third year on campus. He knows the offense. Like he he know he knows the player personnel that's been there the whole time. Like you have to trust him, and if trusting him leads us to something that's not great, then it is what it is. Because if you're not going to trust him, it's not going to be great either way. And I, I don't get it. I truly don't get it. I would rather go down. Swinging, slinging, throwing picks, whatever, as opposed to running effing draws and bubble screens on third and 14. In a, <laughs> Every single play. Uh, in a mother bleeping rivalry game on yeah. the. I mean, if you're not going to throw it down the field on third and 11 against Florida, when are you ever going to do it? Yeah. I mean, it, it's. It, uh, I like like my head wants to explode thinking about it. If you're going to be that conservative in a freaking rivalry game, what are we doing? Like we might as well like that makes me not want to. Which obviously I'm going to go to more games, but that makes me not even want to invest money and go watch this damn team. If we're going to be that conservative and that scared, especially in a rivalry game, it's bullshit in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and that that game right there, I'm not one of the ones who was saying that during the game, like you've got to put Nico out there, you got to take him out, put Nico out there. No, you do not put that. It was not the game that you put Nico out to play. You had to let Milton play that game, even though it's as bad as it was going. It is what it is, and I'm not calling for Milton's head to not be the quarterback, but I do think next week you have got. You've got to work Nico in next weekend with some meaningful snaps, meaningful drives to see what he's got. Not even if it's for now, but what you have for the future. Because I don't know if you've been watching, there's a lot of QBs or a lot of schools with some QB issues right now. And 
Alabama is one of them that has a huge one. And their third-string guy came out there and played better than the other two. I mean, you don't know it until you put them out there and play somewhat meaningful snaps. That's my only thing. And if it don't work out, it don't work out. You don't play them no more in your red shirts. But you got to give him a shot. This this game right here, he has to play some meaningful, meaningful snaps to see what he has. You never know. Could be lightning in the bottle. Well, in my opinion, hopefully we go out there and come out with a fire under our rear end and uh, we blitz him enough in the first half where he can play the whole second half. And if he plays good, fine. If he plays bad, whatever. I mean, we've got enough breathing room to where it don't matter. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Perfect storm. Perfect storm, I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, that that's ideal. I mean, my biggest thing is what I want to see is the guys that you believe you're going to ride with the rest of the season, like this day going forward, you want them to go out there and you want them to execute to the best of their abilities against the against the inferior competition. Yeah. Um, obviously, UTSA is not necessarily a slouch, but we're obviously head and shoulders a better a better than them. Which to be head and shoulders better than we got be we got to play better than we did last week. That goes. And and going, I'm going back to what, like you said, they need they need to trust Milton. I, that's another thing in this yeah. game right here. Milton, they need to – you need to call the plays like you call, like your offense normally calls the plays. They don't work out, they don't work out. But you can't keep doing what you're doing. Florida – because I thought, you know, I thought uh, – Austin Peay, I thought, you know, maybe they're being a little bit vanilla. Florida's not going to be this way. Well, it was the exact same way. So, you have got to – you've got to go back to what you do. And if it works – Awesome. If it don't work, well, then you see it. But you can't keep playing like you did against Florida. That's not going to work. It comes back to it, too. They got to run the football better than they did. I mean, not that they were horrible running the football last night. But they I weren't think good they enough. will if they run different We were horrible stuff. running the football. The they, they weren't good enough last night. Let's just we were horrible that. running the football. Uh, let, let's just call it like it is. Uh, we got 100 yards even, and I don't remember the exact stats, but – I, I will think, say this. You, know, you said I, Brew was our, our dog. The, in Jalen writes a dog. Jalen writes a dog. I give him that. Yeah, no, he's solid. Uh, but it go, it kind of goes back to this decision making and play call. Like if you get if you get four yards with him on the first play, and then you go hurry up and you run him again, and you get six yards. So move the chains, get up there first down. And then you hurry up and you run them right up the gut. I mean, that's the same play three times in a row, and you lose two, and all of a sudden it's second and 12. Why we run the same play three times in a row with a running back that's probably <laughs> gassed? I mean, uh, yeah. because he ran it two plays in a row. But, I mean, you're that's kind of expecting a lot. I mean, you you would think out of one one out of those three – Maybe do a little play action bubble if you don't want to throw it down the field. Like make them think you're going to pound it down the throat and then go outside and then maybe go back to it next play. Like, yeah. like there's no point in getting 11 yards in two plays and then next thing you know, it's second and 12 because you want to run it up the middle again and they know it's coming. Yeah. Like, I, I, that, that's another thing that we, we never really discussed earlier that kind of made me scratch my head a little bit. But going back to UTSA, I think the biggest thing for this is, like, you need to come out. You need to care. Like, you need to treat this like it's a big game. Uh, 
But on top of that, this needs to be a a confidence game for your ones, especially especially your quarterback. Um, open up the playbook because this is this and the UConn game are pretty much the only two games outside of Vanderbilt, but that's last last game of the season. It's pretty much the only two games you got left to where you can kind of you can kind of do things that you might not do in certain times against SEC opponents and it not really cost you as much as it would. So like kind of let them let them go out there and kind of do some things that you may not have done in the first three games. And if it works, it's confidence booster. If not, take it off the table. I mean, it's as simple as that, in my opinion. But, yeah, let him go out there, let him eat, let us get up big, and then throw in another quarterback and let him get some meaningful reps. I think that's what this game's all about. Griff, what are you, um, besides Nico playing a little bit, what are you looking forward to about the game versus the Roadrunners this Saturday? Uh, I mean, somewhat the same. I'm on the same page as Harv here. you got to open the playbook up because we haven't done it in three games. And we're not used to that. That's that's not our – that's not his offense. Um, you got to open it up. You've got to move the ball around. You've got to – I mean, and, and, and I don't know if this is a case of him in trouble or being in trouble or whatnot, but you've got to get Samson in there. You've got to get – uh, Thornton the ball a little more, and maybe they're not trying to get open enough. I don't know. Maybe they're not playing hard enough. That's why they're not getting it. But I want to see us, same as hard, open the playbook up, run some sweeps, run some end arounds, run some rollouts, throw some, throw some ball. I mean, throw some deep balls. I mean, open it up, see what you got. Because after that game, you have three straight games. Uh, I mean. Teams that can play. I mean, you got to see what you have now. Figured we'd have done that in the first two games and didn't quite work out the way I thought it was going to. So this, I mean, this is a this is a big one. I'm, I'm like you, Nisa. This is a huge. This is a huge game for the season. And yeah, because your your next three games. I mean, just look at our next three games: home against South Carolina, home by week, home against A and M, and then at Alabama and at Kentucky. Um, that's the next four games after San Antonio. So we're they're going to learn a lot about this team here in the next month. I mean, are are we okay? And are we going to bounce back? Or you know, if they come out and and play better against San Antonio and clean up a lot of the mistakes and do what they're supposed to do, then we'll have a little more confidence heading into these games because those are big games for for that. For those teams too, South Carolina's going to be wanting to win. A and M's definitely going to be wanting to win. Alabama's going to want revenge for last year, and Kentucky's definitely going to be licking their chops. And but if we come out and play poorly again Saturday, there's going to be a ton of question marks heading into that Carolina game in a couple weeks. Um, the Carolina game is going to be huge. I mean, not just for them because of what happened last year, but for us. That stadium. I mean, it should be, even though we did lose in Florida. That stadium is going to be cram-packed wanting to throat punch South Carolina. You can't go out there and lay an egg in that game. You got to figure out what you got. So, how do how do y'all think? Do you think we come out and play better against San Antonio, or like, what's your all thoughts on the outcome of the game? I'm looking at the 
Um, the matchup predictor, ESPN, FBI, has this 86.4% chance to win. I thought the initial line had Tennessee as minus 17. Uh, I'm looking at it here. It's minus 20 now, so it may have gone up since it came out this afternoon. But Tennessee's almost a three-touchdown favorite in this game. Um, what do you think we do Saturday? Go ahead, Harm. What I what I think we're gonna do versus what I want to do. <laughs> Don't know if it's the same thing. Um, well, we all thought that we would beat Florida, and that didn't happen. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, let's be honest. It's probably a little bit of wishful thinking, but I mean, we tried to we tried to just not overthink it because we were the better team. But it's like it's like Day Day said in the group chat the other day. You never pencil in Florida's win until you actually see it. Yes. And it, it sucks that it's that way, but it is what it is. Um, but looking ahead uh, to this week, um, I do think we bounce back. I really do. Um, I don't know if we open up the playbook. Uh, unfortunately, I think it might be a lot more of the same. Um, but I hope we do. And – we can't start like we did against Austin P in this game because the crowd will get redneck yeah. extremely, extremely quick. Like if we if we get a false yeah. start or a thing and it's third and eleven and we run it up the middle, that place will crumble to the ground. Yeah, I mean it'll be awful. Everybody, uh, the fans are going to come into the into the stadium Saturday. We're going to be on 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 the edge a little bit anxiously waiting to see what we do. And at the first sign, if we come out flat and a little lackadaisical and continuing the trend we've seen the last two games, I promise you, you'll hear boo birds. And it's, I can't say that I blame them. It's, we expect more than, than what we're seeing out of this team. And I pretty much, I demand it because I thought we were past this rebuilding stuff. Um, and, I'm not saying that I'll be sitting there booing them, but um, that might that could happen Saturday if they come out flat. Now, to be fair, I do think we are past the rebuilding thing. Um, myself included, we we may be overreacting a little bit to this, which is natural. I mean, this is this is one of the three games that we care about the most. Probably the number one game, really. Or number two, um, number one to me. Yeah, and it and it's one of the three games that our head coaches get graded on success wise. I mean, just nature of the beasts, how it is. Um, yep. We we may be overreacting, or I don't want to think this way, but it may be a, a tale, a, a sign of things to come. And I truly hope it's not. And my gut feeling says it's not. Uh, surely to God, we, we have we have enough talent and on the roster and enough and surely got enough brain in the coaching staff to not come out flat going into the biggest stretch of the season. Um, so with that being said, I do think we come out amped up a little bit. Um, I think we try to I think we try to step on them early. You know, kind of like kind of break their will a little bit early, uh, a little bit of a red ass treatment, uh, so to speak. Um, and I think 
I think uh, Joe plays. I think Joe plays into probably halfway through the third quarter, and then after that, I think we see a. I think for the last quarter and a half, I think we see a healthy bit of Nico, um, and maybe one more quarterback. I don't know. I don't know what their plans are. I'm not even going to pretend to to act like I know, but um, I expect us to come out and kind of look like we did against Virginia. Um, put up some points, and like you said, I mean, covering is the benchmark. I think that is the very least of what we should do in this game, just to just kind of prove it to ourselves and and to the rest of the conference in the country, really, because nobody's taking us serious anymore after after that Florida game. Um, everybody's acting like we were the most over overrated team in the country going into this week and be honest with you, if we don't show them anything in the next week or so, hell, they might be right, you know? So I do, I do think we, I do think we come out and look better, uh, get back at home, kind of get in the swing of things. I think we put up something in the forties. Uh, I think we give up something in the teens ish. Um, I think we get a little bit of momentum headed into South Carolina. I mean, we're going to need it. That's um, kind of crazy that I'm saying this going into the UTSA game. I didn't think I'd have to be saying that going into this game. But that's what I'm saying. Like, they need to come out and play well and win this game and go to three and one. And they've still got a lot in front of them. Win the next two SEC games after this, you're you're five and one going to Alabama. And yeah. who knows? I don't know who they play between now and then, but I mean they. Sh- Ole Miss on Saturday. Yeah, I mean they got Ole Miss Saturday. They could be ha- very well have two losses by the time we play them, because um, they struggled with South Florida Saturday. Um, but there's still a lot to play for here, so they can't dwell on this. They got to, as the cliche is, you got to flush it and move on. But I hope that's what we see Saturday. And that's what I'm yeah, going to be I mean, looking for. Yeah, I mean if. So my expectations for Saturday, I do think we'll win the game. But I am a little bit nervous on how we'll play offensively. And until they show me something different, if they show it to me, then I'll eat my words. But I'm I'm a little nervous on what, how we'll play offensively. I mean, I think we'll do okay because you're playing against that. You're because play, of who you're playing. But I'm like I'm like hard. I don't know if they'll open. I think they should, and I hope they do. I don't, but I don't think they will open up a playbook in this game. But if you're not, I sure hope that you do. Whenever maybe you do it more for the big game, because we just can't keep running this type of offense out there right now. But no, I mean, I'm, I we'll win the. I think we'll win the game. I'm I'm like y'all. I'm seeing the you know us in the forties. Them and it'd be a lot like the Virginia game. I mean, we'll. You said it was a 20-point. I mean, we'll, I have a feeling we'll cover that pretty good. But <laughs> I, I want to see more in the offense. And until they show it to me, it's it's got me it's got me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Well, On top of that, I just want to see some damn form tackling. <laughs> All that. Yes. I don't want to see who showed up last night. That's what I don't want to see. Uh, honestly, and this probably won't happen either, I would like to see a good amount of the of the young DBs get some playing time. 
Um, I I think that's kind of like this game. Like everybody wants to, everybody wants to kind of see like what we got quarterback wise going into the future. I want to see what we got DB wise because that is kind of where we put a heavy emphasis on recruiting in the last two cycles. Like if if that's one of your main emphasis, like I want to see what we got, and I want them to get some on field reps and kind of kind of let them do their thing and uh, get their feet wet and. Hopefully, hopefully, if they get their feet wet now, like if we need them in a big game, like a like a Bama game or a Kentucky game or a South Carolina A and M, like one of those games, like that they're not completely wet behind the ears, you know. So yeah. I would like to see that. I don't. I'm not extremely confident that we will, but I would like to see that. And I don't know, like when you all said, you don't think he'll play because it's it's UTSA, but. I, I think you gotta play Cooper if he's if he's able to play. He's gotta get out there and get some get some, you know, take some hits, give some hits, work on the work on the uh exchange with Milton. You get I don't want him to have to if he only if he's only if he's good to go. I don't think you keep him out because you're like, ah, oh, sit out another week until we have a big game. I think he need to he needs to get his he needs to get his feet wet. He he ain't played this year. He needs to get his feet wet. You need Mincy to Stay off the grass and have him out there. You need to have that line. You need to have the line that you're going to have going forward play some in this game because they need to. They need to get that fluid, that fluid, uh, that knowledge of each other, what's going on, and how it's going to feel throughout the year. Because I don't, I don't want to see Cooper if he's if he's good to go. I don't want him to keep him out and then it's his first game of starting against South Carolina when we've had this turmoil going through with the offensive line for the last three games. He needs to get in there. They need to get fixed. This is where you got to fix things. You got to figure out what you have and fix them. And and speaking on the Cooper Mays thing, uh, like you said, Nice, it, he was expected to play all week for the Florida game, and all of a sudden he he didn't play. Um, if it was his decision to sit out, I don't want to be too hard on him, but that seems soft in my opinion. Like I'm if gonna, you're, I'm going to say this on that. Enough to I go. don't think it was his decision because, and it, was, and it was your decision not to play. I think that's a little weak, and I think it's a little soft. Now, on the inverse, if it was the coach's decision to not let him play, how can you have one of your veteran offensive linemen knowing that we don't really have another center on the roster, like we saw? How do you let that happen if he is even? 60 to 70 percent of what he normally is like just having him out there in that experience as opposed to ollie lane and the other kid either way the decision making on that and everything else that we've talked about for over an hour still makes sense if it was cooper's decision i think it's soft and the coach's decision i don't know what you're thinking because our center situation outside of him is pretty damn abysmal yeah i don't know if but the one thing that got me was like like we've all heard, he was supposed to be cleared to play. And then it was game time decision that he was not going to play. Well, my whole understanding, if you're going to be a game size game time decision to not play, don't usually the, the players on the sidelines, they don't normally have their pads, jerseys, and helmets on during a game. Cooper Mays was suited up over there. So if he's not playing, 
So that's what makes me think it was a coach's decision, not his, because he had his pads, jersey, and his helmet on at one point, and he they never rolled out there. So I mean, uh, and and maybe they just wanted to send him out one more. I don't know, but it just was weird how he was cleared to play, and then last minute he's not, and then you see him over there on the sidelines the whole game. And it wasn't even like at one point I seen him numerous times throughout the whole game. He's in, he's dressed to a tee to go out there on the field. If you're not going to play, I don't know why you're dressed like that. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just looking too much into it. But it was a little off. Well, we'll we'll definitely see this Saturday. Big game for the Vols. Big game for the program. Um, Sell out, I think, I read. So it should be packed house, hopefully, at Neyland. Four o'clock kickoff. Uh, don't know what time the tailgate will start yet, but I assume it'll probably be around 11, 12 o'clock. So if you're in the area, come on by. Um, Harbin, I wanted to, um, so on this, um, Spotify that we switched to, we're host, posting the, the, uh, podcast now it leaves, you can leave a question. And I was alerted last week that, uh, somebody had left us a couple questions. So I'll read them to you. They were both from, they're both from Blake Talley. Um, so his first question is, is balls related. And quickly answer these. He wants to know who has the better running back room. Was it Kamara Hurd? He says TK Jr. I think he means John Kelly Jr. Uh, or the current group that we have now. What do y'all think? I think talent-wise, it's definitely Kamara Hurd and John Kelly. Um, if you put them in this system, that would be scary hours. Because oh, Josh Hopple would obviously know to have Alvin Kamara on the field. My opinion. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, talent wise, it's definitely it's definitely the the former. I agree. I agree. His uh next question, this is directed more toward Harbin. Uh he wants to know who wins in a golf match, Harb or himself, with five and a half strokes spotted per nine. What what do you think, Harbin? This is easy. <laughs> five five and a half? That's what he says. You want me to answer this? Five and a half per nine, so 11 strokes total. Do you I get to answer this for all you? Of or, sorry, clubs? yeah. Do I get to use all of my clubs? I, I'm not answering this because I've never seen Blake Talley play golf. I don't know anything about him. I can only imagine what it's like. But, uh, I'll answer it. I'll hey, answer listen, it. I love Blake Talley. He's he's good kid. He's a good guy. Good But – the only catching five and a half side. I'm leaving my woods out of my bag, and I'm only taking the odd number of irons. And you're still winning by 15 plus. I'm <laughs> covering the 12. Like, it just is what it is. Um, <laughs> shame a little bit, but let's be humble real quick. Okay. Put it this way. Put it this way, Kingston started playing golf two months ago. And if him and if him and Tally went out and played Ruggles right now, Kingston would beat him by five strokes. I would agree. By ju- just five? <laughs> I mean, Kingston's still learning. Well, hell, if Kingston I mean, I beats I thought he would beat him by more than that. If Kingston's Harbin's, Harbin's talking. <laughs> by 10. What? Kingston shoots 90, has a great chance of beating him by 10. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Blake. Thanks for uh, the. 
Jones, but uh, next time maybe uh, maybe think a little harder on them. Okay. So, <laughs> so if you want to leave us a question, you got to do it on the Spotify app. So get on the Spotify app, and when you open up the podcast, um, there's you scroll down, and it should have a que- a place for you to leave a question or comment. So I'll do a better job. I can actually publish them, so it should show up on those pod on those episodes. So I'll do a better job. It was my bad because uh, I'm not used to this. But um, if you uh, leave a comment next week or a question, uh, we'll look at it and we'll read it on the air. So make sure to do that. If you have, I don't care what it is, we'll read it. Just keep it, keep it, keep it nice. Nothing too, uh, nothing too out there. So uh, quickly, let's do hater and loser of the week. Who wants to go? Did you put the poll up from last week? I did not, so I apologize. Hellfire. I don't even remember who the haters and losers were. I think uh, I said the officiating crew. Yeah, the officiating crew. Brett had uh, Nick Saban. That's right. And I had the U.S. men's national basketball team. Maybe I did put it up. Let me look. I think you did. And by uh, the way, the Patriots just got a first down on a fourth down by a big man lateral lateraling the football yes they did i just <laughs> unbelievable uh griff since you're special guest uh would you like the honors of going first uh sure <laughs> uh i didn't have too much time to think on this because i forgot that y'all did this so it's just i did not put the poll up by the way i know you did. i don't see it nowhere there is one thing that really ticked me off in that Florida game. And I'm going to, just for this one week, he can change it. He can change. But my loser of the week is Josh Heifel for calling a timeout with five seconds left in the game. In a game that you should have just went to your locker room and took the L like a grown man instead of calling that stupid nonsense timeout that made us look God, I don't know what that made us look like, but it looked nice and awful. And then it caused what it caused, and it led to a whole mess of Kamal Hatton doing more of Kamal Hatton things. And yeah, I was really ticked off at that. So I'm, I'm going to retaliate on this one. Maybe it looked different on TV, but I'll tell it to you from my perspective. So Florida's run the clock out, they kneeled it out. Game's over, obviously. Well, their whole sideline's jumping up and down. Half of them's come out on the field. Well, the clock got down to, what was it, seven seconds, I believe. Well, Billy Napier calls a timeout. And I was like, okay, maybe maybe get some seniors that don't play out there to kneel it out. You know, maybe that'd be cool, like get them in a rivalry game. Like, maybe that's what he's doing. Well, all he did was uh, pretty much get, get his team more time to – jump up and down and they came out on the field and whatnot. And if I'm not mistaken, after the timeout was over, he also took a delay game to keep it going, which was extremely petty in my opinion. Like, yes, you whooped our ass. You deserve to celebrate. I'm not knocking you for that at all. The timeout was iffy. The delay of game is just chicken shit in my opinion. And in my personal opinion, I think it was just Josh Hopple being petty back. Um, I think he's like, all right, if you're going to be a prick, I can do it too. 
and then obviously you had Mertz running around because there were seven seconds left on the clock and he's trying to run the clock out, but obviously he's not down yet. So we like, so, so we like wood on him. Probably ain't the best look, but I mean, he, I mean, he's still up. He's not down. Uh, and then everything that happened after that, obviously it was a sore look, but I think Hopple was just retaliating because of, because of Billy Napier being a little chicken shit and uh, not acting like he'd been there before, in my personal opinion. That's how it looked in person. I don't know how it looked on TV. Well, it didn't look that way on TV because I don't even know. I'm not too sure I knew that Napier called timeout. So. He did. One, one million percent. He did. He did. They out. didn't say it on TV, but he did. No, okay. he 100 percent. They didn't say it on TV, and I was so – Pissed off walking around, but I was not in a good mood anyways. And then I saw the <laughs> timeout with two seconds left, and that really ticked me off. I thought the game was over after they threw all the flags and everything. And I got in my truck, and Kessling's Kessling's on the radio talking about them lining up for a play, and they're going to take a shot at the end zone. I was like, "How? What is going on?" Well, they explained it, and then we took a knee. But Harbin, who's uh, who's your hater and loser of the week? Man, you know, obviously this week's no different. Um, there's always a lot of good candidates. There's a lot of, as, as we like to say, the haters and losers are abundant of which there are many, uh, they're they're plentiful. Yes. And I kind of, I'm going to use this game. This might be pandering because it was most watched game this past (laughs) week. And you could, you could pick either head coach personally, uh, from this game, but, um, Uh, I know I'm going to go with Jay Norville as my hater and loser of the week. <laughs> Here's my thing. Is Colorado that good? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Shadur Sanders looks really good. I will give him that. Um, but, I mean, the teams they've played are not that great. But the thing that's killing me is they keep talking smack before the game. And they keep getting blown out after it. I mean, you're trying to talk shit to the, a top five best trash talker of all time. <laughs> like, like Jay Norville, if you didn't hear, I forgot what day it was this week, but he was pretty much pissed off that Dion always wears a hat and sunglasses when he's when he's at a press conference or literally anywhere. And he and what he said was. I was raised to take my hat and sunglasses off when speaking to adults. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, I, guess are you he, doing? I guess he hates Richard Petty then. Right, yeah. And and, and Hank Williams Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Colorado State was 25-point underdogs, and that game went to double overtime, which I was keeping up with it on my phone, and I don't know the exact play. But Norville had a chance to go for two and kind of put an end to all this Deion Sanders stuff. God, and, he, I was hoping he would. and he didn't. I think he would have got a lot more respect if he'd have went for two and not got it as opposed to them losing in double overtime. They, he had a chance. Like He he he, he, he called a shot earlier in the week. He, he talked his talk, and it, he had a chance to put his manhood on the line. And he went conservative, and it ended up costing him. Now, him uh, doing that did pump it. I think it lit a spark on his team. That team played out of their minds, and they no, were they, they played they, they got, played. they got shit on 
penalty wise. They, I mean, they did some stupid stuff, but Colorado got some calls in that game. Uh, also, honorable mention um, <laughs> the crowd at, at uh, Colorado's stadium uh, for ru- for rushing the field <laughs> after a double <laughs> overtime win against a rival when you were a twenty five point favorite. Yeah. I'm used to winning, and I'm totally fine with that. But let's let's at least pretend like we've been there a little bit. Like you've got Oregon next week with with your best player out, and you might get humbled. So have fun while it lasts. But uh, just to summarize, Jay Norville's my hater and loser of the week, and it's not because of his comments. It's because he had a chance to have some balls and win it in regulation, and he chose to go to overtime, and they lost. So I was so hoping. God, I was hoping he was going to too. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm about sick of uh, Deion Sanders. Uh, my hater and loser of the week is I was going to go Harbin. I can't do it because I just nominated him. But Joe Biden, I was going to go with him uh, because he decided he was the first president since 9/11 not to go to one of the sites of uh, the attacks on on the on the uh, holiday. Not holiday, bad word for it. On the day of the anniversary. Remember it, the anniversary. There you go. Uh, he was in Alaska, and uh, he made a big scene. While he was there, he said that he was uh, at Ground Zero the day after it. He was he was not. He was in he was in the U.S. Capitol on the Senate floor um, talking about it. Uh, this constant lies with this guy, but I'm not going to nominate him because it's too easy. Uh, my nominee this week is Hunter Grubb. Um, Hunter, a good friend of mine, even though. Uh, one time she invited me over to their house to hang out with her and Chad. And then she fell asleep about 20 minutes later. Um, sad. I have, I have sad. That. Um, but Hunter was ripping on me for, uh, for drinking Bush light last night during the game What's and, wrong? Started, and started making gagging noises when I showed her what it was. Just unbelievable. Well, I mean, what, what's wrong with Bush Lot? That's what Chad even said to her. Is it, is it too cheap? She was drinking some kind of tea. Too cheap for her. It's too it cheap was, for her. I can't remember the name of the of the twisted tea she was drinking, but it was some kind of hard spike tea. I'd hate to see the look on her face when she sees uh, <laughs> Grub rip into some natural lot. <laughs> that's what Grub. That's what Grub was saying. My my goodness. <laughs> Just unbelievable. I can't believe it. Uh, wow. So I drank uh, two bush lots and then I ripped into natties and it just she was ripping on those. Jeez. It's not even like you had Milwaukee's best or anything. No. No. We had some beef too. Golly, thank goodness you have that. Yeah, yeah, God. Well, Hunter, um like I said last week on the show, this is a this is an accepting show. Um <laughs> Welcome people of all walks of life, and that includes uh, beverage preferences. So um, if you're going to affiliate yourself with this show, um, you can't discriminate somebody based on what they drink. And she I, is, she I, is a listener. I don't think Nice was making fun of Hunter for drinking teas, were you? I was not. Yeah. I actually yeah. like that stuff. That's not what we do around I like here. drinking a lot of things. Chocolate yeah. milk. Iced tea, Dr. Pepper. What? <laughs> well, 
guys, let's wrap it up. This show, long show, but much needed. I think we got a lot of stuff off our chest. Hopefully the Vols rebound uh, this this upcoming Saturday against the Roadrunners in Neyland Stadium. Um, if you're down that way, come by and see us at the tailgate in C8 before the game. I'll have a special guest with me this week from a small town in South Carolina. We'll be there first time this year. Griff and Chassie will be back, so uh, come by and see us. And appreciate everybody listening. Remember, you can find us anywhere. And if you're on the Spotify app, leave us a question. If you're on Apple or uh, or Spotify, uh, like and subscribe on YouTube as well. Like our uh, like our podcast. Give us a good rating. Don't give us a bad rating. Just give us a good rating, even if we suck. Um, but uh, appreciate everybody listening. Griff, thanks for coming on. He he threw up the deuces for those for those listening. For the younger crowd. <laughs> Harbin, glad you made it back from Gainesville. Go when we'll get off here, go take go night night. Get you some rest. I'm going into hibernation. I'm on night shift tomorrow. So there you go. Shut out time. Shut out time for Harb. Guys, we'll see you next week. We are out of time. We'll see you next week on the YY8 podcast. Wish that I was on a rocky top down in the Tennessee hill. Ain't no smoky smoke up on rocky top, ain't no telephone bill. Once I had